Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Uh, appreciate you tuning in, as we always do. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, bottom of the hour, a little bit past. Nick Oson uh, covers Iowa State, CycloneAlert.com. He will join us. We'll look back at the Kansas game and ahead to K-State coming up 6.30 on Saturday night, Jack Trice Stadium. Bama Bob Trent and I will kick off the second hour of the program. We will recap what we saw uh, in college football from a national perspective. That's 11.05. And then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, he will be here uh, looking back again at the Michigan game and ahead this weekend to Illinois. A game that uh, the Hawks find themselves a dog heading out on the road to Champaign uh, to take on Bielema's Illinois squad, who certainly, um, I got to think, is a lot better than people thought that they would be. Four and one, one and one. Everybody's one and one, with the exception of Wisconsin in the Big Ten West when it comes to conference play. Chris is out. Another firing. Uh, Colorado fired a coach. We're changing in college football. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you can't afford to. To wait, I guess, is the uh, the new way of doing business uh, in CFB. Anyways, Trent Condon, good to see you. Same I, with you. Um, I know that you're disappointed in the Hawks. Clone mm-hmm. fans disappointed in their squad. Both of them sitting at three and two as the Iowa will play their final game before their bye week. K State is Iowa State's opponent. Then what? Texas before their bye week. So we can start where you'd like. Where would you like to begin? Let's start with Iowa State since we'll be talking to Osin coming up here uh, at the bottom of the hour. Let's start with the Cyclones. A game that was there for the taking. Mm-hmm. After down fourteen, nothing coming back. Ten eight or fourteen eight, fourteen eleven, and then that's what stayed. That was it. Yep. You had a total of twenty five in that game. What what was the total going in? I mean, obviously, it was much higher than that. It had to be in the 50s, certainly. Uh I I mean, I thought the only way that Kansas would be able to win that football game was 31-27. You know, a game like that, Mm 35-31. I did not think that it'd be a game like that. This Kansas defense has been brutal all season long. And what did they do? Well, they played their game of the season. The offense went in the tank. Haycock again dialed it up and figured out what they were doing. Well, look what he did with to, uh, to Jalen Daniels, mm-hmm. who's been. I mean, he's um, been as big a reason why this team is where they are as anybody. Ninety-three yards through the air. What did he hold him to on the ground? Nine yards. <laughs> That's well, sacks are a part of that, still. sure, but still a hundred, hundred and uh, from math, hundred and five roughly mm-hmm. uh, yards of offense for Daniels and and Iowa State uh, doesn't win the football game. Hutchinson's catches thirteen balls, goes over a hundo. Decker's is thirty for forty eight for two eighty seven. This is all adding up to a win. Ah, uh, not so fast. Jalen Daniels, the previous games, West Virginia, 12 carries, 85 yards. Against Houston, 12 carries, 123 yards and two touchdowns. Against Duke, 11 carries, 83 yards and a touchdown. Eight carries, nine yards against Iowa mm-hmm. State's defense. The defense was not the problem, at least after early on where there were some cracks. There's also a short field in there, but yep. it was not the defense 
this one goes to both offense. Well, special teams. And Trent. special teams. And, and Campbell has never uh, showed anybody that follows the program that he cares about them. No, absolutely um, not. And, and it bit him in the you-know-what again. And, and how many times have we had this conversation? It's, it's at least every a half year dozen? since he's been there. Oh, yeah. And, and normally a couple of times a year. And You know, I, I get that it's easy to say so now, but does anybody really think that the kid was going to make that kick at the end of the game? I mean, come on. Uh, no, I mean, um, Gilbert had missed. He, yeah, they were close, but you know what? They don't count. <laughs> right. It doesn't right. count if he hits the goal post. Right. But when it, 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 I mean, you've got a six foot. How tall is Hunter Decker? Six three, six four. Yeah, I know he's not the load that he once was. Mm-hmm. Get up under center and get the six inches, would you please? Right. Line up behind your 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 best offensive lineman. Get somebody behind you to give him a push if that's what it needs. But pick up the first down and take it off the freshman kicker who's missed two. There was no way in hell he was going to make that kick. Now you just wonder what what's going forward. What is in his head? If you need him to kick a you know you big spot this weekend. What do you do now? It was simple. You bring in this freshman, decently regarded. It was going to be easy, right? You got the guy for the next four years. And then mm-hmm. Gable doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Right. And then this happens. Well, the backup plans certainly do not inspire confidence when you look at both what they are, the guys that have been around, or the new guys that have come in, and some of the reports that we heard you know, going back to spring football. This was going to be Jace Gilbert's job, and he, mm-hmm. he won it. But now... As you said, mentally, that hook, you can see that coming oh, a mile away. Oh, going to overcompensate. Two off the right uh-huh. crossbar. What's going to happen? Or upright. What's going to happen? Yep. He is going to hook the crap out of it. That's exactly what happened. If you play golf, right. if you've ever kicked a football, uh-huh. if you missed a free throw to one side or the other, what do you do? You overcompensate, and that thing was shankopotamus. It, it was brutal. I mean, Noel drops a I, I mean, muffs a punt. I guess it happens. Do they t- uh, bow? Freeler, you have the guy give the guy to, when he puts up his arm to fair catch. You have to give him a chance to catch the ball. Yeah. You can't hit him. Right? Do they? Apparently, they don't coach that because they don't have a special teams coordinator. Well, they brought in an analyst though. Oh, that's right. I yes. forgot about that. A, right. a guy that had been like fired by five Trent, different NFL teams. They could have listened to the show. Where's much about analysts about special teams? This is just hey, pathetic. Year after year after year, and. To still not have a dedicated special teams coach when this has cost you so many games. He's a smart guy. Why? Why the arrogance about special teams? I don't know. He thinks he can do it himself. Winning in the margins. How many times do we hear these tired cliches, we're going to win in the margins? You know how you win in the margins? You win in special teams. You do those little things. You do the hidden yardage that you give up. And continually, year after year after year, we have this conversation. It's a head-scratcher. Trent... That game was there for the taking, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Look, Kansas, it's a great story. I think they're going to get their ass kicked this week <laughs> that by TCU. TCU. TCU is legit. It's a wonderful story. I'm glad game day is going there, but they shouldn't have been because Iowa State. And, and uh, I mean, this one's on, this, this one's on Tom Manning. Uh, I mean, these uh, uh, third and seventh, let's, let's uh, cross her, uh, let's throw a crosser, you know, four yards. We'll pick up four. We need seven, we'll throw it four yards. Um it's just there's so many things. Iowa State fans, you're three and two. You look at the Big Twelve. The conference is a bitch, <laughs> yes, and I say is. that in I, I say that uh, as a badge of honor. It is it is top to bottom um, competitive. I don't know if there's a a, a juggernaut ahead. Maybe it's Oklahoma State, TCU. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, TCU has certainly opened some eyes. Oh, yes, they have. And you still got to play Oklahoma State. You still got to play TCU. Mm-hmm. And Texas Tech is better. Uh, Texas, they were good last week. West Virginia is um, not a layup. Not a layup. I mean, that's the worst team in the conference, and it's not old Kansas. Uh, Trent, uh, we put up a poll question uh, today mm-hmm. at, at the Twitter, at our Twitter, Miller and Condon. 
Um, Iowa and Iowa State. Who will get to a bowl? Iowa, Iowa State, both or neither? Find three wins for either school. Find three layups for either school. Can they both get there? Of course. Mm. But is there a game that you look on in the schedule? Ah, there's a win. No. When it comes to Iowa State, there isn't one. This past weekend was normally the, well, there's a win. We'll be Mm -hmm. Kansas. The two games you feel most confident are West West Virginia Virginia. and Texas Tech. I mean, those two, they're both at Jack Trice. Mm -hmm. You feel the most confident. Mm -hmm. Find one more because of the remaining games. K-State this week. Mm -hmm. It's going to be tough. Very tough game. At Texas. Yeah, depends. Now, Oklahoma has looked brutal. Brutal. Awful. Okay, maybe you can talk. How about that? We're WNLing Iowa State, and one of the games that you feel most confident in is Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. Who's 0-2. What a world. Along with Iowa State and West Virginia, 0-2 in the conference. Oklahoma's getting points in the Red River rivalry this weekend. They're getting a handful of points. That's nuts. Oh, man. Iowa State's got some pieces. they got some guys. But, man, oh, man, just... uh, it's just disappointing. I'll tell you who I did love watching play and say it every week when we reconvene on yeah. Monday. When there's a kid who makes you go to the roster and say, now who the hell is this number? Well, in this case this week, it was Jeremiah Cooper uh-huh. uh, who was terrific. Now, where was Verdon? Great he did question. not play. Yeah. And I haven't seen a peep about where this kid was because, for my money, he's been as good as anybody mm-hmm. on that Iowa State defense so far. But number 19, Jeremiah Cooper. They got something in this kid. At least it looked, uh, I believe he led the team in tackles. Physicality, too. Yes. I mean, that showed up. I remember mm-hmm. that first game of the year, same and thing. And in the right place at the right time for this kid. Got the roster in front of me as I'm re-watching the SEMO game on ESPN+. Plus and, oh, yeah, that guy. The guy yep. that Minnesota kid, I believe, went to IMG. He showed up in a big way. You're right. He played really, really well. Mm-hmm. The defense overall, TJ Tampa, he's a pro. Yeah. He's going to get a shot I like in the purchase, league. too. Yep. I really like Verdon, but he was missing in action. Mm-hmm. Um, Will McDonald made a couple of plays. Look, he's going to be and has been. They're going to take. They're going to try to take him out of the game. MJ Anderson had that oh, play. Oh, huge! Yeah, in the backfield, uh-huh. he's flying around yep. out there. It just the defense is fine. It's mm-hmm. the offense. It's so special Deckers, teams. Well, and special teams. Hunter Deckers. Where are we with him? See, I like him. I, and I think they've obviously got something. He's raw. Mm-hmm. He's just raw. And they couldn't run the football. When, when Jirel Brock went yeah. down, mm-hmm. uh, and, and as he did, as early in the game as he did, mm-hmm. and uh, Cartavius Norton, who was back last week for one play, and then I don't know what's going on there. Didn't travel. Right, which is, um, uh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter before, prior to the game. And that's what Katie happens with hamstrings and injuries, right? Mm-hmm. You push it too early, you push it too much, just bang, one little here tweak. It is again. They sure they could have used him. Let's oh, be honest. Yes, yeah. Sanders. And He's Brock, the second best back without on a that doubt. roster. Without a doubt, totally agree. And but back to your original question, Deckers, <sighs> best quarterback in the state. Well, yeah, <laughs> bar's not set real high. No, they've got something. He's better than the worst quarterback in college right. football. They've got something in Hunter Deckers. They do. Now I think he tries to make too much happen. Too much reliance on X. Do you see that? Where it's just, I mean, that interception. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that a couple of times to Hutchinson. We're just, I'm going here with the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing if he's going, I'm going here with the ball. Right. Now, Hutchinson can obviously make up with that because he's such a stud. And he has, yeah. But a little bit too much overlap. Uh-huh. I like Stanley a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got he's speed. getting more involved. Yeah. But needs to be more involved. Needs to get a little bit more. How about Easton Dean? Yeah, made a couple now, of plays. the touchdown. There's <laughs> nobody within right. 12 yards. You and I could have. Well, maybe not. Well, maybe I don't think we would have got that far up the field to be able <laughs> right. to that open to make that one happen. But yeah, he made a couple of plays mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a little bit too much over-reliance 
on Xavier Hutchinson. That they're that it's just too easy because he is so good and you need to spread it but out. Those a little four bit more. yard crossers when you need eight. Yeah, it drives you nuts. It drives you it? crazy. Doesn't matter the level of football. Mm-hmm. It just and, and there it was a couple of times I'm not sure that that he knew where the sticks were. Yeah. You know, just a, I don't know, that maybe is a little bit too critical of him. But look, you wonder what's going to happen to the kicker now. What's Gilbert going to be like when it's time for him to, you know, step up? And that could obviously come as early as this week. Mm-hmm. What's in his head? Uh, because that last one was not even close. Get up under center. Let your quarterback, you know, put his head down and pick up six inches, eight inches, whatever the hell it was. Extend the drive and try to take it off the back of the kicker. Or the foot of the kicker. Fourth and one. Just get it. Get the yard. You got a big quarterback. Huge quarterback. Can you line up under center? Right. And just sneak it. And are we sounding like two old guys and just want well, to see we probably, we probably are. And put Russ behind him. Yes. You know, put yeah. Russ behind him mm-hmm. and, and push him in because that's legal now. Right. If you need that extra push, just... It's easy to stay now because he missed the kick. Mm-hmm. But it was easy to say beforehand because you knew he was going to miss the kick. He already missed he two. Did. Let's get to Iowa. Um... You were there. Mm-hmm. What was the crowd like? I was seeing people's tweets. Uh-huh. Said it was kind of um, quiet. It was reserved be- because when the first drive, Michigan does whatever they want mm-hmm. and gets a touchdown. It's down seven nothing, and mm-hmm. then the offense comes out and it's ten nothing, and it's thirteen nothing. It was just physically manhandled at the point of attack by Michigan. Yep, and because of that. The crowd got into it. You know, in the third quarter, end of the third, into the fourth quarter, they were into it at 20 to 7. And then the drive with a chance to make it 2014, they were there. It was subdued. But again, that's also the difference between an 11 a.m. kickoff and the 2 30 or a night game. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just a completely different environment. I thought it was fine. It was good. There were Mm -hmm. a few boo birds out there after a couple of questionable coordinating decisions or quarterback play. Those were out there. What did you think of the quarterback? Was this Petrus's game? Look, the bar's not set real high. It's not. The offense was as good as it's been all year. Offensive line played better. Better. Agree. There Um, was a pocket. But again, mm -hmm. Petrus missed too many throws. Too high. If you just look at the numbers, you say, oh, he's getting it figured out. He didn't. It was the same guy. And this quote that came out after the game, uh, I saw it from David Eichel, talking about after the game, the two missed throws that he had, the one up the seam, mm-hmm. where Lachey is wide, yep, open. wide open. And then later that same drive, another stop route that he airmails by six yards. Mm-hmm. And I believe the quote was something like, here, I got it here. Let me give you just a second. I'll, I will find it because I want to have this one verbatim. Says on the drive where he missed back-to-back easy throws, his feet got screwed up and said that. it was a lack of concentration yeah. and fo- concentration and focus. Yeah. Your red shirt, shirt senior. You're 22 years old. You're uh-huh. going to be 23 in a month. Yeah. And this is still the garbage that we have to hear. Mm-hmm. Spencer Lee. Every Hawkeye fan loved the quote. Spencer Lee said, excuses are for wusses. And from this to a Kirk Ferentz blaming officials after the game to just the grandstanding, it was too much. Excuses are for wusses. Mm-hmm. Spencer Lee, Hawkeye fans, you loved it. And this says something about your football program right now. There's a lot of excuses and not a whole lot of Let's figure it out. So let's find six for them. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> well, Northwestern. There's one. All right. There's one. Okay. Let's it's still go. Northwestern. Let's go. Um, do they win this week? No. I don't think they do either. They'll get manhandled at the point of attack by Illinois. They could. Bilam in year two yeah. will have his team mm-hmm. physically manhandle Iowa. Mm-hmm. Are they going to score against the Illini? Uh, Can the offense yeah. put up 14? Yes. They're going to need to. 
How many short fields do they get to do that? Mm, they're going to need to. On the road. Mm-hmm. Can, At night. The offense put 13 up against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. I think Illinois is a little bit better. Well, they've got maybe the best running back in the... Uh, um, leading rusher in the country in the right country. Now. Is yeah. he the leading rusher? What's yeah. he got? 760, Brown, 700-something yards. He's been unbelievable. Um, okay, Northwestern is one. At Purdue? No. How about Purdue this week? Yeah. Now, here's the other thing, too. O'Connell, we need, we have to do something about transparency when it comes to playing or not. We just have to. Yeah. There's too much at stake. Um, how many states have legalized betting? Now? Over 30. It, and it doesn't matter because all 50 states are betting. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's let's bring a little transparency to the game, all right? If he's going to, if there's a chance, he's, he was out all week long, mm-hmm. uh, and then he's playing. Um out all week, and, and too many people can get that information ahead of time, and that's not good for. And I'm not saying that this is a Purdue thing or an O'Connell thing or anything. This is a college football problem. Yep, across the board. Across the board. Let's get a little transparency in it. Is that? It's not asking too much. I, again, I don't need to know if it's his elbow, if it's his knee. He's got an upper body. He's got a lower body. He's not going to play. Or he's got a chance to play. The designations that we have in NFL are just fine. Just fine. You don't even have to have the little parentheses with what the injury is right. behind it. Probable, mm-hmm. questionable. Doubtful, mm-hmm. out. Right. Four designations. Very simple. Yep. Everybody has to do it. And if not... And if he's out on Monday and there's a chance he's going to play, then, you know, update on Friday. May's doubtful. If you... But you can see he's taking progress, making progress, right. taking strides to playing. And if it becomes a problem and you have coaches that are skirting it, well, then you come down with something. You have to. That's what you have to a- do. Absolutely. Will they? No. 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 <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Because they just can't get buy-in from all the other coaches. All right, so we, at, at Purdue, you're saying no. No, Charlie Jones is going to have 12 catches, 180 yards, three touchdowns. Wisconsin is a dumpster fire. You have the game at Kinnick Stadium. But they got the coach they want. They do, and I like Leonard. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's he was going to get a job somewhere. He's got, But can he make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what? Because that's what this team looks like right now. Graham Mertz is broken. Two yards of rushing against mm-hmm. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Two and they had the preseason running back of the year in the conference. At least there was an identity mm-hmm. with Wisconsin football. Yep. It's gone. It is absolutely gone. And $19 million to get him out the door. So the coaches have been fired. I think I saw the ticket. It's like $60 million to run your coach out of town. Already. Already $60 million. Carl Durrell fired at Colorado. And that was $17 million. Two in the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech Georgia fired Tech. Collins. Yep. It's, it's $60 We're just million. starting October. <laughs> yeah. And four Power Five conference coaches uh-huh. have already been fired. And we're not even halfway through the year yet. Not even halfway. Uh, but I guess that's the, the new uh, way of doing things in, in college football. All right. Wisconsin? No. At, Seen it too many times. At Mini? <laughs> no chance. And then Nebraska? Maybe. So you've got to beat Northwestern. You've got to beat Nebraska. And then you've got to get one of Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Illinois. Illinois. I don't think you're winning this week. I don't think so I don't either. think you're going to beat Illinois. Nope. I think Illinois is good. A little letdown spot, perhaps. What is Illinois? Uh, you know what? Let me Coming look. off that win against Wisconsin, you know how important that game yep. was for Bielema. And where do they go next? Good Ill. question. For the Illini. I know where I can find them. They're picked last in the West. Oh, they yeah. They were picked behind Northwestern. They play Iowa and then homecoming against Minnesota. So a couple of big weeks coming up for Illinois. Yeah, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, back to back to back, then a bye. Let down, look ahead, sandwich here. Nobody rallies the troops. Yeah, but uh, you can't you can't let down against Iowa. That's your border rival. For the Quad Cities people. For them, right? Right. 
And for Illinois. I mean, I think Illinois, now I know that it's who hates Iowa, or what, what's the Minnesota? Who hates Iowa, we, we hate, hate Iowa, yeah. Yeah, they were still doing that this weekend. Of course Even though the team went down in flames, yeah. they still found a time to get that chant going. Uh, Caleb Johnson, you got something there. Well, and I said this week, if Iowa has any chance in the game, you look back at the historic upsets that they had, it was a playmaker making plays. Mm-hmm. Caleb Johnson's the only playmaker on this team. I mean, high-level playmaker. Mm-hmm. He is the only one yep. that they have without Keegan Johnson out there. You have to get the football to him 20, 22, 25 times. There was a hold that came back, yes. It was a crappy call. There were a few of them in the game overall. But he was the guy that had some juice. And you don't have him involved yeah. enough. Nope. LaShawn Williams is a nice player. Gavin Williams yeah, is... Yeah, you know what? I expected more of those two this year. Maybe they're it'll fine. come. They're fine. Uh-huh. Caleb Johnson is a yeah, He's the guy. Player. Training wheels come off. Yep. And if you're going to get bowl eligible... I think you're going to have to do it on the legs of Caleb Johnson. I think he's the guy that's going to be able to help lead you there. Mm -hmm. Again, two nice fine backs. Mm -hmm. Two C pluses. you got a potential A. I think he is that talented. I'm with you. He's really good. He's physical, speed. Mm -hmm. He looks different than the running back that they they have had in a while back there. He's got the physical size of a Sean Green. He's got more speed than you think to him. You have to find a way to get him involved. You're limited offensively. You're limited in the passing game. What Although there do? was a bright, uh, maybe Bryce, a light is starting to come on with Brody Brecht, I think. Yeah, he's getting there. I think he is. Lachey is getting uh-huh. there. Yeah, for sure. There's a couple of things, mm-hmm. but ultimately it comes down to mm-hmm. that. Iowa at their best, it takes a running back, and they yep. have a running back. As as talented as a freshman running back, certainly since Akron Wadley, hmm. I think he had that kind of talent yeah. there, and it took Akron Wadley, what, until a sophomore year and some injuries right, to finally right. be able to get on the field because he had fumbling problems. Caleb Johnson's a stud. Get him involved. This is this week, this is going to be big boy football. And get ready to go. Bielema's going to have his boys out there. They're going to have seven offensive linemen out there at times. <laughs> you got to be ready to go. You want to play in that grinded out kind of game? Be ready and do it with your best running back. And enough with, he's just a freshman. Yeah. It's time to evolve. Evolve right. or die. In this Iowa program, what's more likely to happen? Kirk evolves in year 24 into year 25, or this program falls further and further behind, not just in the Big Ten West, but the Big Ten overall. Trent, we've been saying it for years, and I don't know if it's time for a dual-threat quarterback at the University of... Brad Banks, and that was maybe one of the loudest ovations of the day, the 2002 team. Uh One near and dear to the heart of many Hawkeye yep, fans out there. It was special. Look at the look at the results. And I will look to that and said, you know what? Yeah, oh, no. I like it the other way. Now, to be fair, they did recruit other guys. They brought in Jason Manson. Uh, they had Eric McCollum. Remember him from South Carolina who played a don't. little bit early in his career? Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, they remember the name. I don't remember. They had a special player. package. I mean, think of that. A special package? Hmm. I mean, that's coordinating offense. That's actually thinking outside the box. But, alas, uh, you have nepotism in a so, different world now. So, where are you on Michigan? When you when you look at this team, did you say, "All right, here's the team that can push Ohio State," or did you see a team that's meh? They're good. They're okay. Yeah, I mean, the game plan is the exact same game plan they had in December. We're not going to screw up, right? And against Iowa, it is a perfect game plan because if you don't screw up, if you don't make mistakes against mm-hmm. Iowa, if you are methodical, if you are willing to take those chunk plays, and we're going to take four yards on the ground, and we're going to take the eight-yard stop route, and we're going to do that. I mean, it's the blueprint that Northwestern used for years and years and years to upset Iowa, but you take that with the talent of Michigan, it's turning into a bad matchup now for Iowa because Michigan, they don't play dumb. That's how you beat Iowa. You don't play dumb, and you're going to win the game. Don't beat yourself. They're going to get better, too. I mean, you saw McCarthy, there's a lot of upside mm-hmm. still to him. 
he hardly ran the ball. Right. Had the one uh, zone read that he run, ran off to the left side. Uh, had the one play that was a touchdown. Oh, people going nuts on that one, too. You saw the sticks on the replay. That was not where the line of scrimmage was. It was third and seven, not third and ten. He was not past the line of scrimmage. I'm no. not, I, don't rec- I don't recall. It this. was the touchdown that made it 20 nothing in the back of the end zone where he rolled okay. out to the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Ness yep. lost yep. contain. Yep. He goes out there, I, okay, throws remember. in. People thought he was past the line of See, scrimmage. See, I, did, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I don't remember. It was third and seven, not third and ten. But gotcha. people saw the sticks there, gotcha. thought he was past the line of scrimmage. That's not what it was. Yeah, officiating's been, it's been bad across the entire um, sport. Did I would get a bad whistle they did. That's not the reason you lost. No, you no. lost because you were manhandled right. by Michigan. Again, back to excuses or for mm-hmm. whistles. I was so disappointed listening to the post-game press conference from Kirk, both starting with Gary and Ed after the game. Officiating was talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Then in the press conference, officiating was talked about a lot. There were some bad calls, no doubt. But here's the problem. You want to play comprom- complimentary football. We continue to hear this. Complimentary. That's why and we have not seen an offense that has evolved and is, looks the same as it did 25 years ago. You play complimentary football. You know what helps? Iowa has a drive ending in a touchdown. And what happened? The defense got a three and out right away afterwards. You know why? Because they actually got a rest. That's playing complimentary mm-hmm. football. Not this garbage that we see game in and game out, week in and week out, year in and year out for five years of awfulness of Brian Ferentz as the coordinator. That's how you do it. He's putting a lot this. on the defense, Trent, and there's a lot of people, oh, this defense, this defense, I keep hearing how good they are. Well, they're, on the, they're always on the field. Yeah, you got to play perfect. Right. Well, they weren't perfect this week. They must stay. No. There's one thing that stinks over there. Uh-huh. And it's the offense. It is. That's what stinks. Absolutely infuriating. But it was better this week. It was, but it, but it, again, they had 90 yards of offense I, at the half, and you know, I go to the same that spot. last that that garbage time drive yeah. certainly helped the, the numbers. Let's be let's be fair. They had 90 yards. Were of you offense there for that, that, or did you left at that point? We're still there. Were you? Yeah. Stay till the bitter end. There was 90 yards of offense. We go to the same corner. That's where the big noon kickoff crew was set up during mm-hmm. the game. Sit in the same, go to the same spot. People from all around the stadium, out of our group, we all meet there and talk. 90 yards of offense. You know, they're looking better. This offense, 90 yards of offense. And that's, that was a real conversation. It wasn't us just being a bunch of smartasses. That's how bad this has gotten. It's been brutal. It's man. unwatchable. It's been brutal. All right. Well, so we've got uh, a, a cool event coming up in November. It is the 21st uh, birthday party of Kicks. And of course, the 20th, um, well, COVID had a little something to say yeah. with our plans of what we were going to do for uh, when this station turned 20 years old. So the event trend, let's, let's talk a little bit about it because I know you read the emails. I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I got to do, start doing that. Um, anyways, the event is at Woolies. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Woolies? In the East Village. I have once years ago for, I think it was some cover band that I, that I wanted to see. Yeah. Haven't been there a whole bunch, but mm-hmm. I'll make it happen. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And November the 10th is the date. It's Thursday night. A Thursday night. Right. So another bleary-eyed Friday for us. Well, for you. Well, for me, yeah. And well, Williams doesn't work here anymore, so I say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah he, I can't believe he wasn't hurting worse on, 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 on Friday. He's a pro, though. He's he a bounced, professional He bounced back, you other guys. Uh, so November the 10th, 7 o'clock, the only way you can get to this event is by winning tickets. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give the first two callers right now an opportunity to win a pair of tickets. Pair of tickets, two callers right now. At 515-284-5966. But please don't call if, if you you're can't not going to go. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, if you want to go, we're all going to be down there. I think all of the uh, shows mm-hmm. will be down there for the event. Call in, claim your tickets. 
I would love to, you know, what one of these giveaways we're going to do, I think we're going to ask for birth certificates because I really want some 60s, born in the oh, 60s. Oh, I got you. I, born yeah, in the yeah. 70s. A little of my day. I, mean, I don't want to sure. be the oldest person there. I got you. You won't be. Yeah, well, it'll be close. It'll be close. So if you if you want to go to this event, we're going to give away, all the shows are giving away tickets. Yep. Is it an all week thing? I, I believe so. Yeah, we're going to be giving them up probably leading up until we hit capacity. So again, only if you can make it, make sure to hit us up Thursday, November tenth. Going to be a great time. Yep. Twenty first birthday Woolies. for KXNO. Woolies. Uh, East Village. There's going to be a band. There's going to be camaraderie. There's going to be stories. Stories. Is there? Oh yeah. <laughs> so what? What is the what? The, well, I mean, just milling about and talking oh, to people gotcha. and having people come okay, in. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But again, don't claim these tickets if you can't go to, the, to come to the event. Love to see you. Can't wait to meet all of our listeners. Twenty um, first birthday party, KX. Your twenty first birthday was not a big deal, right? Because you were already no, legal it was, drinking. It was eighteen. Yeah. So you were fine. I was. I remember my twenty first. Do you? You know what? Eighteen's too young. 18 is too young. Should be 19? No, maybe. You know what? I think, though, I like the way you guys do it. I mean, I like 21. So when I turned 21 in Iowa City, both the Fieldhouse and One Eye Jakes, you could get 21 pitchers for $21. No way. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of... How big were the pitchers? Regular size. 21 pitchers for $21. A buck a pitcher. A buck a pitcher. And you could share with your friends. Absolutely. Wow. So every time there was a birthday, guess where we went? Fieldhouse and One-Eyed Jakes. I guess you go every night, right? Because somebody's got to be selling the birthday. I don't think Woolies is going to pull that one off. No, I don't think they should. All right. If you're, get, if you're uh, put on hold, if you're listening to us on hold, that means you've won the tickets. Uh, we'll do this again about 1140. All the shows are going to do this. I know for sure today. Uh, you can also go to KXNO.com and register to win tickets. Yes. Going to be a blast. Going to be at Woolies, November the 10th. It's a Thursday night, 21st birthday party of KXNO. Um, we'll be back with Nick Olson. He covers Iowa State. He's next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 106.5fitness.com Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO Here's Ken and Trent Hi Miller and Condon Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO at some point, we got to talk about the fishing scandal. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. Putting weights inside the, the gills? Absolutely. So oh. in their live well, filling them up with the, with lead weights. And, and even going as far as to catch a fish, fillet the fish, <laughs> and stuck the fillets inside the fish that they just caught to up the weight. I mean, there's huge money in these deals, Trent. We'll it's more than bragging rights. Let's do it. Let's get Nick Olson right now, unless he wants to opine on this. Hello, Nick, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing very well, guys. How are you this week? Doing well. Appreciate you coming on, Nick. Um, look at a disappointing um, Saturday for the Cyclones. Kansas loved the story, right? Loved that they were unbeaten. Terrific. The game day is going to get, go there. But if you take the two rosters... Um, <laughs> Iowa State should win the football game, plain and simple. Is it as simple as they couldn't run the football 
Uh, and they certainly struggled after Jirel Brock went out of the football game very early. Second, it was the first series, I think, uh, he got hurt. Sanders and Silas, they just couldn't get anything going once Brock was down. Is that oversimplifying things when it comes to the offense? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily oversimplifying at all. You know, there were obviously some other issues in terms of execution with, you know, special teams and third and short conversions and things like that. But, I mean, the run felt like the kind of game plan was pretty clear early on in terms of just trying to use that clock and keep what was an explosive Kansas offense really off of the field. And obviously, when you don't have your top two running backs, I would really say, certainly your most complete backs, that makes things a little tougher. And I think it kind of switched up the game plan a little bit. The team was forced to throw a lot more than I think they really anticipated, and even still, I completely agree with what you said about the roster, Ken, because that game was still so there for the taking, and and I think the Cyclones should have won. But obviously, the execution wasn't quite there, and now you're looking at a three and two team, and you know instead of a four and one, difficult loss to swallow. Special teams were a big part of it again, and no special teams coach though. They brought in an analyst this year. We have talked about this for seven years of Matt Campbell. They have not had a dedicated nope. special teams coach, and here we are, special teams. It, it wasn't just the missed field goals either. I mean, there was a whole bunch of things that you can look at, from Frailer getting hit with the 15-yard catch interference penalty, the extra point, though they got two points out of it, it was still a bad snap. <laughs> yeah, but that, I, for, I forgot that that's Caitlin Clark's brother. Yeah, and uh, on the radio broadcast, John and Eric were laughing about that, the best Did athlete they? in the family, <laughs> is, is what they said, after he got in for that one. Uh, they score and then they give up a huge kick return out past midfield uh, to Morris just fumbled punt from uh, from Noel and just Noel, on and on and on and yet Matt Campbell will not change his stripes he is he is dedicated here who cares about special teams it's it's, it's got to be infuriating for Cyclone Nation yeah and I didn't you know necessarily realize kind of how much of you know maybe the the issues were around special teams before this year obviously this is my first football season here, uh, but it, it's certainly interesting, you know, especially coming off, and I think Campbell said this post-game, off of like a really solid game or, or game and a half in terms of special teams. You know, Jace Gilbert, like he has shown some really good big moments so far this year as a true freshman. I think Tyler Perkins at punter showed some improvement recently as well, especially the last two games, but I'll just I'll go back to the rosters and, and just the fact that it, it was so winnable and those are those games that yeah like you said they're really tough to swallow after because there was just no real business losing that game as fun as Kansas is and I'm incredibly high on Lance Leipold and, and some of the players over there but I always state I really believe is the better team and. Now you're looking at another good team ranked team coming to yeah. town this weekend a better and, team and the Cyclones. Yeah, are still looking for you know that first Big Twelve victory. It's it's really yeah, it does probably have to be pretty disappointing. Not only you know for the fans, but the players. And I'll put this out there too. You guys know I'm an optimist. I felt like Haycock and that defense put together a gem of a performance they did. Saturday. I agree. And I think that's really tough. They didn't allow a single point for the last 36 minutes, and obviously it just it wasn't quite enough to get the victory. It's just tough to see. I'm not, you know, quite 
quite used to that very often. No, Haycock's defense was terrific. I mean, holding Daniels the way that they did after as good as he has been and elevated himself on Heisman list. He was catching the uh, uh, the attention of the of the nation, uh, and they took him out of the game. So speaking of out of the game, there was a couple of Cyclones that were out of the game. Uh, Malik Verdon, who... Uh, to me, is, is has been as good as anybody on that Iowa State defense. He didn't play, and I thought Norton was. Hey, you just don't know, right? Uh, he was he was back for a week for a play, and then thought he was trending towards uh, at least making the trip down to Kansas, which he didn't even do. What can you tell us about Verdon and then Norton? Did he have a major setback? Is it the hamstring again, or potentially something else, Nick? What are you hearing? Yeah, so, you know, actually I put out there kind of for the VIPs that morning, maybe maybe Trent saw what I'm kind of gathering on, on Norton and the reason he wasn't there is that this wasn't necessarily a setback with the previous injury. Uh, I'm under the impression that it was a different lower body, like foot or ankle injury that he suffered at practice midweek. And, you know, it was kind of bad enough where there wasn't a ton of optimism right after it happened that he would be able to play. I didn't get the sense that it's long-term uh, for the season or anything like that. I know some people on my board were throwing out kind of the idea of a red shirt. I don't think we're quite there at that point, and I can tell you that is not the hope with how talented he is. You see how much he could have been used in that offense, but I didn't get the sense that it was necessarily a setback to the same injury, but more so kind of another tweak uh, suffered over the week at practice. And Verdon just, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere later in the week as well. Um, you know, I knew that it was it was injury by the time we weren't seeing him that day, but we got to speak with him during the week at media, and, you know, he was totally fine, headed to practice. So that's something that I believe came mm. to practice later in the week as well. I didn't get the sense from Campbell after the game that either is necessarily long-term, but, yeah, you certainly wonder, especially with Norton, you know, so new and, and kind of young and suffering similar injuries, at least to the lower body. It's definitely unfortunate for someone as talented as he is. Defense was good, as you mentioned. Will McDonald, RJ, uh, MJ Anderson out there on the edge, making plays all over the place. And I thought, oh, Ryan Vance. I mean, it just felt like he was all over the field. Maybe one of his best games as a Cyclone. He played at a high level. This defense as a whole playing at such a high level. you got to be excited about them, not just now, but also the future. There's some young guys out there. We talked at the top a little bit about seeing Jeremiah Cooper out there making plays. He was a guy that popped in the first game of the season. This defense, they are locked and loaded. Now it's just about figuring out that offense. I completely agree, Trent. You know, it's one of those games where the eye test kind of matched a lot of some of these grading systems. I, I put out some of the pro football focus grades, and Orion Vance, Highest grade I've seen from any Cyclone all year. Really? Uh, in, the, in the 90s. Wow. Yep. In the 90s, it's on a scale to about 100. So that was really impressive. And, you know, he just continues to basically shine when the lights are on. And it, I think it's really something not to take for granted, especially from a player that's been around so long. He's dealt with injuries, such a physical position. I, I totally agree. I think the defense is in really good hands, and I, I think the players – of course, and the staff deserve a lot of credit for that game because I, I was just re-watching and looking at some of the numbers and I, I couldn't believe kind of the lack of points and lack of yardage in that second half for Kansas. This got to be a tough one kind of to deal with for that unit. But, I mean, I know that the team is sticking together and still very encouraged. I think that this week and kind of how they rebound is going to tell me a lot 
against a talented, talented Kansas State team. Uh, that'll bring a quarterback to Ames that's playing as well as anybody in the country right now. Uh, Adrian Martinez, again, doing it with both his arm uh, and his feet. I mean, uh, he was, uh, uh, last couple of weeks, he's been unbelievable. So he's, he's clearly healthy. Do you think that, um, and maybe this is a question, when do you guys get Haycock, Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, Wednesday night. Yes, Wednesday sir. night. So I wonder, Nick, um, do you think he'll put a spy on him? Do you think he'll assign somebody to just, you know, sit back in the, uh, in, just behind the line of scrimmage and just when, when he goes to his right, you, you, you follow him? Uh, because if he gets loose, I mean, he's, he's incredibly quick. The arm is there this year. Um, he doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns, but he hasn't thrown any picks. He has many mistakes this year. Will they assign a spy to Adrian Martinez, do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't necessarily think so, if I were to guess. I think that, quite honestly, the game plan might be similar to what they kind of had against a very talented dual-threat mobile quarterback Daniel yep. over the weekend, yep. because that was terrific. What they kind of did is they just spaced out the front of the 3-3 a little bit in the 3-3-5 stack, and I thought that worked really well. The linebackers, even though it's kind of a bigger, older group, moved very well. Some of the younger guys, like, Kendall Jackson and Will McLaughlin got some snaps, and I certainly expect that to be the same. Jackson made a couple big plays. I think he mm-hmm. you know, uses his snaps well to his advantage. So that's kind of what I would guess because, I mean, you certainly don't blame the defense for that game, and I think that the place is going to be rocking Saturday night. I would figure a night game. I've got high expectations for that side. I certainly do think the offense will rebound better, and, I mean, let's be honest. Some of those special teams, of course, can be fixed, but a couple of those field goals sometimes is just tough luck like you see in the NFL. I mean, that's not very often you see two kicks kind of hit on the upright. That's pretty crazy. It's a rarity, no doubt, but it happened, unfortunately, to Iowa State. Big 12 as a whole, last thing Mm. for me, as wide open as we can remember, Game day. After all the pomp and circumstance that we saw this offseason, Jimbo against Saban, and yet game day is going to TCU, Kansas. I could have given you 10,000 to 1 odds before the season. I don't think you would have taken that one, Nick. (laughs) I might have because I like to have a little fun. (laughs) But I don't think most people would have, quite honestly. And and this makes me feel, you know, validated from a reporter perspective, but honestly, maybe disappointed for, for some of the fans because, I was touting this all offseason, how wide open I felt that this would be and why I thought the Cyclones could really have a chance. And, of course, it's still early in the Big 12 season, but it just kind of shows you that anyone can win it this year. Oklahoma doesn't Mm -hmm. look good. Texas has been inconsistent. TCU and Kansas, awesome. Kansas State's been strong. I just feel like one of those wins in the last two weeks would have been so paramount for Iowa State. So, It'll be interesting. It, it's still a long conference season, but yes, the you know the conference is not only wide open, but I would even say it's very deep and pretty fun. They've got a lot of teams, either how this conference is right now or about to be with the new teams, set in this new top twenty-five this week. And you know, compared to some of the other top places like a, a Big Ten that I grew up with, you know, I mean they they compare favorably right now in the first couple weeks of conference season. Uh, last thing, Nick, 30 seconds or so, somebody uh, called in wanted me to ask you about the offensive line. Yeah, there was uh, seemingly Deckers was running for his life, uh, you know, throughout that football game. They couldn't get the running game going. Was this on the offensive line, or was this a really stout defensive front for, for Kansas or a little of both? 
Yeah, I'm generally one to kind of look at all the sides of it. So I think that there were a couple struggles. I think that KU's D-line had a really good game plan. And again, I feel like the whole offensive game plan was thrown off for the Cyclones because I think they've actually been able to find a push running with their top two backs. And when they didn't have them, I think everything just kind of went downhill and they didn't necessarily get to play with the plan and momentum that they'd gone into Lawrence with. Uh, indeed. Uh, that kid, uh, the, the Hinshaw, he, had, he was taken off the field. Any, did you hear what happened to him? I was it a knee? Uh, quite honestly, I haven't seen. I, I haven't do believe either. it was a knee. I haven't seen a lot of clarity on it really anywhere, even on, on Twitter or anything. But certainly hope for the best. That was a scary moment. To indeed see. it was. Nick, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Nick Olson. Appreciate it. CycleAlert.com. Anything coming up this week, Nick? Uh, we will have some live recruiting updates for some big cyclones, uh, you know, live in-person conversations and a lot of fun previews as well, guys. Thank you so much. Good stuff, Nick. Thank you. Nichols and 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. Quick timeout. Come back, finish up the hour with a little fishing. <laughs> Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. That is a bizarre story. 106 points. Lazy yellow moon coming up to tonight, shining through the trees. Crickets are singing in all right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. I thought this was a commercial. I never. What are we listening to? Fishing in the dark. Ah, okay. Yeah, you see that smooth transition? I give. I do understand where you're going. I'm from. not just a hothead about no, Brian Ferris. There's other things. No, in this I end. look at. I know you've got. Uh, uh, you've got my attention. All right, so let's talk about this scandal that erupted. There's big money in these contests. Absolutely, it's more than yes. bragging rights. It's six-figure checks. My Minnesota cousins, they're big into the fishing Do scene. they do yeah. it professionally? No, not at the professional level. I also have a friend in Texas that enters these tournaments all mm-hmm. the time. It's, it's a big deal. It's huge. I mean, can you imagine being a pro fisherman? Oh. I like this gig yeah. a lot. If I could find one that might surpass it, sitting on a boat catching fish might be might be on that list. But anyways, these guys are cheating, so they're they're catching their fish, and they won a bunch of these contests. Yes, and there's a bunch of the fellow fishermen. Yeah, it's kind of like you're bitching at officials right yeah. after a game. Ah, my fish were bigger than this. How does this guy always win? I don't understand. Well, they finally cut a couple of the fish open after the weigh-in, after they were about to accept the check. And what did they find? A bunch of lead weights that had been inserted in these fish. And it's more than that. They actually caught small fish, cut up the small fish, and shoved the fillets down the fishes that they were going to submit for the contest down their throats to make them weigh more. Of course they're going to win. I'm shocked that those people, those two guys, got out of there in one piece because, because this was a this was a pissed off crowd. There was video of it, and you could hear. I mean, oh. the anger and the just they were going after those mm-hmm. guys in a big way. You're exactly right, and that's not exactly the kind of uh, crew you'd want no. to mess with. <laughs> no. They take it seriously. It's a lot of money. I mean, usually fishermen also are hunters. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, look out. Uh, it's a wild story. There's a little video where you can see the guy uh-huh. putting in the lead weights. And Trent, it's gone national. It's gone. It's everywhere. It's I might watch a fishing tournament now. Smallmouth or walleye? Oh, big walleye guy. You gotta be right. I mean, best tasting fish for my money. It's not even close. Noted but. fisherman Trent Condon over here. <laughs> right. Uh, hour number two, Bama, uh, Trent, and I will go around college football to start. Scott Dockerman on the Hawks. Mr. Monday Night's coming up as well. Hour He's two hot. next. He is.